Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Reverend Dr. Van Beek. Yeah. That is bringing out the big guns. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say NCSO because I, I, I just actually applied on an NCSO position like part-time. Like, yeah. And they got back to me and said, actually, we sometimes need a person just like here and there. And I said, well, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, but we don't know what's going to happen. I had to send her my stuff and then, then she was going to get back to me. Right. But, but, but you only want it to be here and there. Yeah. Like I was thinking, I told Lynn, cause Lynn said, that's a waste of time. And I said, well, it's a, like a weekend gig is what it is. So, yeah. But anyway, so the Reverend Dr. NCSO, I didn't throw that in, but, but, you know, we'll wait and maybe I'll give you that well, one. Yeah. I mean, it's just qualified beyond compare folks. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I've got normally something I say about Larry's appearance, which I won't say this time, but I've alluded yes. to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and the beauty of my qualifications is we could do this podcast while I'm driving down the road in a class three truck. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. While pointing out to others, via, uh, various safety problems that they have That's right. That's on the work right. site. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why I am sliding off the road in this yes. truck because <laughs> I can't drive. So we we are on uh, Micah five, eh? The fifth Micah, the fifth, the fifth of Micah, and um, this one is this one's going to be intriguing, Steve. I almost wish this was our last one before Christmas because this this does point to the coming Savior. Oh, so so the so the critic. Well, Matthew even picks up on it, and mm-hmm. so you know this is a little bit like like Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And um, Matthew uh, mentions this in two, Matthew two verse six. Okay, he talks about this about an upcoming passage from here. Oh, isn't this cool that we've got this this Old Testament prophecy that's picked up? And yeah, yeah, that that points to the New Testament, which is one of the freaky things about the prophets. Yeah, is that they can point to things that are so dis- disparate in time. Yeah, is that a good word? Disparate, disparate. disparate. We're going to go with it. It doesn't yeah. matter. We're yeah. going to go with it. Yeah. 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 Well, right on. Well, folks. When we do all... Euclidean geography or geometry, <laughs> not geography, geometry. We were talking about geography today. It got geography in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what a, what a great lead on. A lead. <laughs> lead I'm leading you on. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, what sort of Freudian slip did I just have there? Anyway, um, <laughs> folks, Micah you... 5. Go ahead. I was going to say, just read the first two and then, and then maybe read the next three after or the next two after that. And then we'll pick it up beyond that. Yeah. Sounds good. So we'll, we'll do it two by two. Okay. Just like they're entering the ark. Um, yes. At verse one, marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, something like that. <laughs> Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So his his first thing has to do with with a coming uh, siege war. And it's interesting. This one says siege. I I think that the Hebrew actually says wall to wall or wall against wall. Hmm. And, and, And that's a little harder to understand. Unless you understand siege, because what a siege uh, war was is the the cities would have their they'd be walled in, right? And what the what Romans and you know Assyrians and Babylonians and others would do is they would just build a another wall of their of their armor around that, hmm. and just and and so there was a wall against the wall, 
so that you couldn't get out and do anything. So you're safe within your wall until you run out of food. Right. And so that's what he's talking about. He's talking about there's going to be this siege that's going to come against them. And and Israel's ruler is going to get struck in the face with a rod, which which um, basically means um, he's 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 going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 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 he's a, a poor excuse for a ruler as well. And they're, mm-hmm. they're going to get into that as they go down. Right. Okay. As they get closer, because we are right on top right now. We're right on top of the Assyrian captivity. OK. Yeah. But it's the Babylonian captivity that he actually spends more time talking about. Which oh, is interesting. 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 Yeah. interesting. So then he says, of course, but you, uh, Bethlehem, right? Um, though you're small, um, you're you're actually out of you. Uh, you're going to come for me and you'll be a ruler over Israel and those origins of old and from ancient times. So it, it reads more difficult. Uh, it's a little more difficult to read in this version that we're using. Mm-hmm. Um, which one are we using, by the we're way? We're using the NIV, actually. This is the NIV. Yeah. It might be the way I read it then. Let me do it again. Though you are small among clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel. There you go. So there is a ruler coming out of you, Bethlehem, even though you are small. Now, when Matthew picks up on this, he doesn't say, even though you're small, he says, oh, Bethlehem, you are not the least of these. Right. I'm with you now. And Bethlehem is the, or um, um, Benjamin actually is the least, but um, but because Jesus comes out of it, you're not the least. <laughs> so so the New Testament writers pick up on this and they point straight to Jesus with this. Right. Okay. Which is really cool, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And then, oh, no, I'll wait, I'll wait on that one. Okay. And 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 this one actually comes from ancient times, okay. which I like. Yeah. He's not just somebody from now. This isn't the ancient of days. Yeah. Is a, is a term that you've heard used, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Harkens back to that that other title that God carries, right? Yeah. And then 3 and 4 then. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And so Micah there, and what do we usually look at? We look at, say that this is similar to Isaiah 714, remember? Mm. Um, where where a young maiden will bear a child, and that child you know, will lead them and all that kind of stuff. So so there's that hearkening to, um, to Isaiah. Now he doesn't say anything. He just says she who bears a son. In Isaiah, in the um, in the Masor- in the Hebrew, in the Masoretic text, they use the term. I think it's Alma. They use the term Alma, and Alma is young maiden. Mm-hmm. And um, and so so there's been this big big discussion, you know, over for a long time, where more liberal people will say that that uh, that this is a reference just to a young maiden, right? And you remember our teachers, some are your teachers, would have said there actually may have been a young maiden that led them during during Isaiah's time mm-hmm. or, and during Micah's time that there was actually a young woman had a child because they would say that's not pointing specifically to a virgin, right? Mm-hmm. And then they'd say, well, they could have used the word Beth- Bethula as well, and which is another word which often means young maiden as well. Mm-hmm. 
right? But but what um, but what but what you and I often say is this: they actually thought their young maidens were virgins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the fools, the fools, the crazy people. <laughs> yeah, but they but they had an equivalency between those two terms, right? That they they did they did, and and some of the scholars went through, or some of the the some people went through. I'll, I'll, but I'm going to say scholars because these were these were real scholars going through and and um, and showed. That that any time that Alma was used, it was it was referring to someone that had not, that was not in a marriage relationship, that was a maiden, mm. and probably did not and was a virgin, mm. basically. Mm. And they they kind of show that every time it's used, it points to that. And they they do one other showing of this where they said if you use the Septuagint, the Septuagint uses the word Parthenos, um, and Parthenos is means virgin. It's mm. it's more specific in the Greek. The Hebrews actually didn't have a word that that specifically meant virgin, mm. and the Greeks did. And you and I would say, <laughs> say that's because the Hebrews would have felt that their young women were virgins, right? And the Greeks wouldn't think that necessarily. Yeah, so they, yeah. they actually had to have a specific term. Yeah, but it's a, it's also relevant to the old understanding of the word too, right? Around because the Septuagint was written what were we talking prior prior Christ's birth? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, quite quite a bit before. Oh, okay. So then that would be a common understanding actually, you know, well before Christ's birth then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That, that, so so anyway, and and just for those that don't know, the Septuagint was the Greek version of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And some there are places where the old where our Old Testament has actually followed the Septuagint rather than mm. than the Masoretic text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So anyway, so so the whole idea here is um, now this doesn't actually say that though, but it kind of brought me that other piece in mind. Mm-hmm. So for those that felt that that Jesus came from the Virgin Mary, um, that works very well. Yep. And but for the scholars that think that there had to be someone in their time that fulfilled this, even though Jesus could be a second fulfillment, they would feel there's someone in their time. Then then that's where the whole idea of maiden comes in. It, there was a time that this was a huge argument between the um, the translators of the um, I don't want it's not New American Standard, New Revised Standard version, or the re, or just the Revised Standard version, use the term maiden rather than virgin, and there was quite an uproar about that. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. But anyway, all of that to say, this is pointing way beyond this period of time to the coming of Jesus, and so now we're now we're five and six, I think. Okay. Yep. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. We will raise against them seven shepherds, even eight commanders, commanders who will rule the land of Assyria with the sword, the land of Nimrod with a drawn sword. He will deliver us from the Assyrians when they invade, when they invade our land and march across our borders. Yeah, and I struggled with this one. I, I I had a little trouble trying to figure out what in the world they were talking about here, because all of a sudden you're talking about Jesus, and now you're back to the Assyrian, mm-hmm. actually beyond the Assyrian captivity, you're you're back to actually when Assyria is going to fall apart. So mm-hmm. if you figured the Assyrian captivity was um, 732, 731, right? The Babylonian captivity was 607. Right. In between those times, in 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 the mid 600s. 
um, the Babylonians actually took over the Assyrians. They they defeated the Assyrians. Right. And and it seems like that's what this is pointing to. And when they talk about the seven shepherds, mm-hmm. um, oh, by the way, um, the, the commentators I looked at for this said, this is a really difficult passage to interpret. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so thankful that the other people are having trouble with this. Yeah, so true, right? But the, they say the idea of the seven shepherds, um, they don't really talk too much about the eight commanders, but that's, you know, even eight you know, seven, even eight, just refers to um, a certainty that that there will be protection hmm. upon them and that that the Assyrians will be defeated by these by these groups. So it's not actually seven shepherds and eight commanders. Mm-hmm. It's the seven is, you know, same as in Revelation, right? Right. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was going to ask you about, is this kind of like the the figurative seven in, that we see in Revelation sometimes? Yeah, like the seven spirits of God is actually a reference to the Holy Spirit, not not the seven different spirits running around. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. And then of course they're going to they're going to defeat Assyria and the land of Nimrod with their drawn sword. And here's an interesting thing cuz Nimrod to me sounds like Babylon. Um but and some say Babylon, some say Assyria when they when they use the term. Okay. So there there's a little bit of flux in here. Um but but the bigger thing is I think it has to be referring to Assyria cuz he's still talking Assyria. Um, the, the, this ruler is going to deliver them from the Assyrians when they invade and march across the borders. And then the remnant's going to come in the next piece. Hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, verse seven now, folks, the remnant of Jacob in the midst of many peoples, like dew from the Lord, like, gr- like showers on the grass, which do not wait for anyone or depend on man. The remnant of Jacob will be among the nations. In the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among the flocks of sheep, which mauls and mangles as it goes, and no one can rescue. Your hand will be lifted up in triumph over your enemies, and all your foes will be destroyed. And this, again, um, we struggle with. Some, some say this points to salvation. Others say it points to destruction. And it's actually salvation of the Jewish people and destruction of the nations, mm, mm. right? And the dew on the grass, um, some some say dew on the plants, actually. Um, but the idea of dew is that a little bit like the old locusts, that that dew kind of permeates everything and it's thorough, mm. you know, when the when the dew spreads out. And it, you don't really know where, where well, we know where it's coming from, but it, it kind of just appears in the morning, right? Right. You know, kind of a yucky night, and there's dew on the ground in the morning. You're soaking wet in your sleeping bag, and it just blows. But they would have um, known that imagery, right? They would have understood that image pretty clearly. Oh yeah, yeah. And whenever we read any of this stuff, we 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 look at it and say, "Well, they understood what he was talking about." Even if we struggle, remember mm. we do that with Revelation a lot, where we go, "Yeah, we're not really sure." We're pretty sure his audience knew. But then this young lion among the flocks of sheep, of course, is a sheep can't stop a young lion. I mean, right. it's 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 running around and eating them and mauling them as it pleases. Right. And if if you know if you know about cats, which I know you do, um, <laughs> you know, a, a cat will a cow. A, they're they're you know, anybody who says people are cruel, but animals are pleasant. No. I haven't seen a cat with a mouse no. and where he just lets the mouse run and then he'll he'll grab him again, bring him back and he'll play with them for the longest time before he kills them. Yeah, cats are yeah. the biggest jerks ever. <laughs> yeah, cats are jerks. <laughs> and he says, but you're going to triumph over your enemies. Again, he's he's talking to Israel saying you're going to triumph 
over your enemies. And and the period of time we just can't be sure, but but you know um, Israel actually Judah comes back, right? Mm-hmm. Israel never comes back to the land after after, and it, it will say in a minute like you're going to be waiting for your brothers on this kind of thing. Israel never comes back to the land. Um, Judah does, yeah. Uh, and Israel, there's a piece of Israel that always remains in the land. Like the Samaritans, um, the people, the poor people that that Assyria left in the land and had them intermingle with other nations, they become the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the big problem for the Jewish people. The, from Judah that comes back, they they make an attempt at, at racial purity, mm-hmm. but the Samaritans don't. So right. they would they would fit Canada perfectly, like in our day and age. Right. But in their day and age, this was an issue. Right, right, right. And and so the the Jewish people always hated the Samaritans. And by the way, the Samaritans hated the Jewish people too. Yeah. Um, the the Israel hated Judah, um, because when they come back, they they say, "Well, we're we really are the people of God, and you people are just just not yeah. anymore." Which is interesting when Jesus talks to Samaritan woman, he says, "We know what we worship, but you don't." And um, it sounds like he's being so hard on her, but be harsh. But it's because it's Jesus. I'm thinking now that can't be right. He must be yeah. he must be doing something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, it's probably speaking into culture too, because he he you know again his audience understands that culture pretty quickly. He's saying something that she fully understands, and then and but then she comes around, right? Well, yeah. give me the living water. Yeah. So anyway, so so we don't really know exactly the time whether this is pointing to to the Assyrians being defeated by the Babylonians and then and then them coming back whether he is pointing at huge huge chunks of history to them we're we're not 100% sure i get you all right yeah. folks verse 10 then <clears throat> in that day declares the lord i will destroy your horses from among you and demolish your chariots i will destroy the cities of your land and tear down all your strongholds I will destroy your witchcraft, and you will no longer cast spells. I will destroy your idols and your sacred stones from among you, and you will bow down, and you will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. I will uproot you from among your Asherah poles. And when I when I demolish your cities, I will take vengeance and anger and wrath on the nations that have not obeyed me. Yeah. So then, then I. We think that this is um, this isn't Israel he's talking to. It's actually, it might be, or it could be Assyria. Um, it's it is interesting that that he's going to take away everything that's that's false. Mm. So witchcraft is. You always get this idea that witchcraft worked, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because God mentioned. says, "I'm I'm going to stop this, and I'm going to I'm going to stop your spells." Mm. So it is kind of weird that that you think that there's something in it. Um, Asherah poles were, um, or the, or all, also known as Asherim, I guess that that was like, um, like, like uh, um, evergreen trees, oh. and and they were they were poles that they put in the ground. They were like evergreen trees, and they were symbols of fertility. Okay. They were. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're putting in these symbols of fertility. Well, God is God is the one you're supposed to be worshiping, not not these other stupid things that you're doing. Right? <laughs> and the sacred stones, the same kind of thing. Don't be bowing down. You, you remember, just like just like the Ten Commandments, you're you're gonna you should serve no one other than God. Yeah, and that's what he's saying to them. You're serving so many things, but you only should be serving God. <clears throat> and I will take 
um, vengeance on the nations that have not obeyed me. So mm-hmm. it could be pointing to Israel because they weren't obeying them at this time, but 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 for sure pointing to the other nations as well. Yeah. Even with yeah. the even with the horses and the chariots, right? Striking at things that they thought made them strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there is a place in the Old Testament that says God does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. Yeah, and we're thinking that has to do with warriors. <laughs> you, you are not going to bait me into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you know they got in trouble if they did things like count their horses and and right. things like that and and. And so, so in the end, it's trusting God alone. But it is interesting that that in the midst of what he's saying to Israel, and and in this case to Judah as well, he throws in that piece that from Isaiah that's that there is a savior coming. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is a savior of the world coming, and and I still think that he's pointing to something that's seven hundred years in the future, right? And um, you know, and most Christians will say, well, and Matthew did that. You know, seven hundred years later, Matthew said, "Hey, I read this in I read this in Micah, and um, and it's being fulfilled today. And I read this in Isaiah, and it's being fulfilled today. Yeah, because that's what the New Testament guys did, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and we have faith that the Holy Spirit illuminated that for them to go. Hey, here's we totally this believe that. Yeah, yeah. Or otherwise, you know, what are, what are we doing at these institutions? <laughs> <laughs> Some <laughs> people might be saying, what are you doing at those institutions? Yeah. Actually, yeah. that's no different than what we say every day. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Yes. yes. Or even what I are they still having a wonderful time? Yeah. I'm, or I'm even maybe they're asking, what are what are what are those institutions doing with those two people? <laughs> maybe yeah, that's yeah. It. <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> closer to the truth. That yeah. one hurts oh, more. That one sorry, hurts. I didn't need yeah. to go there. Folks, let's get back on top. What a what a wonderful, wonderful thought that Larry just put there that that God actually, he foretells this thing 700 years in advance of the birth of Christ, and people pick up on it. And the great hope that these people have, they don't know what this great hope is, but they know there's a great hope coming. Yeah. And here it is. It's what we live out today in Christ. And if if Craig Broyles was correct, there was also somebody that was born in that day that helped them a little bit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> With, I will with, give with, Craig a pass. With, with zero evidence of that. <laughs> but he's a better scholar than me, so I'll, uh, I won't, I won't uh, poo-poo it at all. Right. As they say in that TV show, I'll allow it. I'll allow yes, it. <laughs> I will allow it. Yeah. Yeah. But but these guys so long ago, and this is where we think that the prophets were really speaking of the future. Yeah. We're, t- we're talking about ancient of days coming. Yeah. Oh, what a comforting thought. Yeah. One is coming. Um, my friend, thank you. That was absolutely awesome. Folks, We're I say this every week, but I truly mean it every week. We are so overjoyed that you uh, come on this journey with us and that, that we see that people actually listen to us because we think, you know, we're just doing this for fun because we enjoy doing this. But the fact that you enjoy it too, it actually is kind of really satisfying for both of us. Yeah. So... Um, but we'll be back for one more. I think we'll be back for at least one more week before Christmas. I think, two. I think we got two. Oh, we got two. Okay, good. Yeah. So we'll be back for two more weeks and then we'll do our Christmas Star Wars special. No, I'm just joking about that. We'll do we'll do two more weeks and then we're off for Christmas for a little while and then we'll come back. All right. But until then. We, 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 and we'll leave you with the thought, 
how did the Flintstones ever celebrate Christmas anyway? <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that so true? There was so much of our childhood that was so confusing. Like, what? <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, but until next time, I was Steve, he was Larry, and this was the Apocalypse.